HawkeyeInsider.com, David Eichel, along with Sean Bach, following a, I would say, thrilling day, but it was very anticlimactic, I thought. Sean, I mean, the Big Ten getting the short end of the stick. There's nobody I feel worse for than Indiana. I mean, that, that whole situation just bugs, bugs the crap out of me. Northwestern's headed to the Citrus Bowl. Iowa's heading to the, you know, the Music City Bowl. And that didn't even come into fruition until about, oh, an hour before the news actually broke because there's so much shuffling around the conference and around the bowl schedule. But a lot of just – not even just from Iowa's perspective, Sean, but across the Big Ten, across a lot of these bowl games, just a lot of underwhelming matchups. I mean, think about Indiana, you know, one of their best seasons ever. They get rewarded with a 4-4 and Ole Miss team. Iowa gets rewarded with – you know, a Missouri team that has lost three straight and has given up uh, 48, 50, and 51. Oh, excuse me, 50, 49, and 51 in their past three games. Sean, I mean, I'll let you kind of bounce off this, but what just a bunch of underwhelming matchups for the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, outside of the college football playoff matchup with Ohio State and Clemson, which I don't even know, like, because, I mean, Justin Fields hasn't looked that great lately. Um, obviously there's some whispers if I'm not mistaken about him being potentially hurt, which could really hurt Ohio state's chances in the playoff. And the way that Clemson looked yesterday against Notre Dame, that's really the most intriguing matchup in the big 10 by far, not just that's college football playoff because it's the two most equal teams, honestly. Um, and yeah, like you touched on like, I think you look across the board, I mean, Northwestern Auburn, that, that looks like a good matchup on paper, like a pretty even one, but mm-hmm. Auburn doesn't have a coach, so how invested is that fan base going to be in that game? Indiana Ole Miss, you touched on it as well. Indiana getting absolutely screwed out of a New Year's Six, New Year's Six Bowl. No doubt. Um, when a team like Iowa State and even Oregon, two teams, I mean, what, Oregon was receiving one vote or something Oregon, in the AP Top 25? Yeah, yeah, Oregon got simply because they won the Pac-12. But keep in mind, like you said, Sean, keep in mind, they shouldn't have even been in the title game. They literally only got in the title game because Washington had to cancel out and bail out right. because of COVID That's right. issues. That's right. So I forgot about that. So that makes that situation even worse. And um, Iowa-Mizzou obviously is not – drawn a lot of attention I mean I think people would be sad I think Iowa fans like the bowl but I don't think they like the matchup if that makes sense um I agree 100 percent yeah I think Iowa I think fans a lot, seem pretty excited yeah I think a lot of I mean it's Nashville how could you not be excited um and even like in a pandemic year I think a lot of people have talked about going or at least from what I see on social media and like Nashville is a pretty good place like things are usually pretty open down there from what I've been told or what I've seen too on social media and stuff. So I think that's what made people more excited about it. And then, you know, you got the, uh, the Mizzou fans that, you know, are kind of in the, in an interesting spot in their program. It's not like Mizzou is kind of like some of these other teams that seem to be on the downward spiral. Like Mizzou is an up and coming program five and five this year. I know LSU was not that good this year, but they beat an LSU team when they were ranked in the top 25. And I consider that that to be, yeah, I consider that to be a, to be a pretty good win, especially at at that time. And, you know, Eli Drinkowitz has done a great job so far. He's done a great job recruiting. Is a guy that a lot of people like down there in Columbia. So I think this, this game, I, I know people are kind of like, Hey, it's Mizzou, but I think, I think there's a decent amount of writing on it. I mean, Missouri has struggled the past two games. They got blown out by Mississippi state this past week. And I, 
I don't remember who they played two weeks ago, um, but I know that they lost and on a two-game losing streak after going into the final two games of the regular season at five and three. Have had a couple injury issues. I know across the offensive line they had a couple guys go down um, and then defensive line as well, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been kind of an interesting season for them, but it's definitely a, uh, a team that in a program that will – like this game is really important to them. Like this could be another step forward into the Drinkwitz air, which has already been off to a pretty good start recruiting-wise. And then, you know, there's not many coaches that can say that they have a winning record in their first year as a head coach and they at a program that is usually not super successful in the conference. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a really, that's a big storyline coming in this game. You can be underwhelmed with the matchup, but I think both, um, I think Missouri has a lot, has a lot riding on this game in my opinion. Yeah. And you know, if you want to flip it from the Iowa perspective though, too, Sean, I mean, if you talk about Iowa continuing to want to establish roots in Missouri and in that area, what better way than to beat the home state school? that those guys grew up cheering for. And Iowa really wants to own that radius. So I think it's a very interesting matchup. And keep in mind, uh, Larry Borum, the right tackle for Missouri, has officially opted out of the bowl game as well. Drinkwitz announced that during his press conference tonight. And I know a couple other guys are bouncing out too. In Iowa's perspective, I haven't heard anything definitive about players opting out. I would be surprised if nobody opted out though. I mean – Davion Nixon's the first name that comes to mind. Again, this is not anything I'm hearing. This is I'm simply just posing this as a question. He's now a top 10 projected pick by Mel Kuyper. He's proven everything he needs to prove this year. I'd be very interested to see if he actually wants to play this game. But as you mentioned, I think for Missouri, I think this is going to be an important game for them. But I do think that from I think Iowa players and coaches are going to be extremely motivated for this game. Obviously, the coaches just for like I said, the recruiting aspect and just ending the season strong after the whole summer and all the turmoil and all the adversity that they faced this year, what better way than to end it with seven straight wins? I mean, Sean, even during the first two weeks, I don't want to say that Iowa wasn't focused, but I really feel like Iowa has been pretty well locked in this entire season. And I, I don't see that changing going into the bowl game. Yeah, I agree with you for sure. Um, I mean, Kirk Ferentz came out and said too that, he he has no intentions of opting out of a bowl game. Like, they want to play. They want to keep this momentum going. And, you know, kudos to him for that. I think a lot of these teams, you know, have stuff to lose, I think. Like, I mean, obviously Nebraska and um, Michigan and some of those schools that have decided to opt out of bowl games. Um, well, Michigan hasn't – they haven't officially opted out, right? They just didn't – they don't think they opted out. They just didn't make a bowl game, and they, yeah. they shouldn't have, obviously. Right, and I think those teams might have had stuff to lose, especially if they lost, kind of just, you know, pour more salt on the wound for their disappointing season. But I also think you look at it in a sense like bowl games go a long way from victories. I mean, you look at the 2018 Outback Bowl, Iowa, no one really gave them a shot in that game, and, you know, they ended up winning. And it wasn't pretty to start, but Iowa put it together and put together a great game plan, especially in that second half. and you know, turn the script and that, that opened a lot of eyes to people. And even the game last year, holiday bowl uh, against USC, like that gave people a lot of encouragement and, you know, put Amir Smith Marset on NFL teams radars. I know he had a couple returns and some great highlight plays like earlier in the season, but 
I think that was the game that was a big turning point for him. So, you know, bowl games, while a lot of people say like, oh, yeah, opt out. Like, obviously, no fans a few years ago opting out. Like, and for yeah. good reason, he was going to be a first-round pick regardless. But, you know, there are some of these under-the-radar guys that can really make a name for themselves in bowl games. I mean, like I said before, saw it with Amir Smith-Marset last year. And I think even Nate Stanley opened a couple of eyes with his bowl with his bowl game performance. So I think there's a lot that you can benefit from it, but I also understand from the per, from the point of some of these other teams, like a Davion Nixon though too, right? I mean, if you're a top ten pick, you, you gotta just opt out. I mean, I, in my opinion, I, I think he's earned a Sunday paycheck. And as you mentioned though, Sean, I think you bring up an excellent point that I mean, I'll, I'll pose this question to you: How many? players on Iowa are talented enough and have proven enough that they can opt out early. Well, I repeat the question. Sorry. No, you're good. How many players have like are on Iowa are good enough to be able to opt out? How many of them are actually proven? And uh, Nixon, that's about it. Yeah. I was like with Emir. I can't, you can't say Emir. You can't say Brand Smith. Yeah. Uh, Alaric Jackson, maybe. Linderbaum. Linderbaum for sure. But Linderbaum, I'd be shocked if he opted out. I would be blown yeah. away if he did. Right. I, I'd be surprised, too, if Davion. I'd honestly be surprised if anyone opted out. I think I think we could see a couple, but I think we mentioned – you mentioned Davion. I don't see him doing it. Linderbaum, don't see him doing it. Um, Jackson. I, maybe Jackson, but I mean, like I said, by Larry, the way, again, yeah. again, we're not reporting anything. We're not saying we're hearing anything. We're simply speculating. I just want to make sure that's clear. Right. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's probably about it. Um, but, yeah, yeah so – I don't see the, I don't see any of those guys opting out. I mean, we don't know that for sure, but I just don't see a situation like that. Yeah, no, and I, yeah, and I don't disagree with you, though, either, Sean. So, I think, again, I think Missouri's going to come into this extremely motivated. I think the Missouri coaching staff's going to come into this extremely motivated. But yeah. so is Iowa. I really think Iowa's going to come in and – and have something to prove. And I think what better way to carry momentum into the off season than by winning seven straight games to end the season. I, I yeah. really, especially for Spencer Petras. I put this in our message board too. I think coach drink is really, really motivated to win this game because they've been trying to recruit Iowa pretty hard. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier with Iowa trying to knock off Missouri and continue kind of that pipeline. It's the other way around for drink and, Missouri. And when I say drink, I mean drinkwitz. That's the, yeah. <laughs> that's the nickname for them um, that we'll use. And I kind of like it too. It's got a nice, you know, ring to it. But I mean, Coach Drink, he he wants to get into Iowa bad. Obviously, he's one. He was one of the guys, one of the coaches that really started recruiting Xavier Nwankpa out of Southeast Pole Card. I'm not saying Missouri has like you know great chances there, but they have done a really really good job in that recruitment. Um, they're looking at Dominic Wiseman out to Emport North. They're looking at, you know, Will McLaughlin a little bit. I think they've been talking to Jacob Immunon, Sergeant Bluff Luton. Um, there's a handful of – I mean, Eli Raritan from West Des Moines Valley, a tight yep. end who Iowa really likes. Missouri's been one of the schools going hard after him. There's a lot – there is a definite, definite – like, Drink wants to go into Iowa and, you know, take some of these guys from Iowa and Iowa State and, you know, even some Nebraska types and – you know, he wants to get national-level recruits out of Iowa. And this game would go a long way for that because you know that a handful of those guys, I mean, I'm not saying the names in particular that I mentioned, necessarily grew up Iowa fans, but they've been watching Iowa this year and having a, you know, vested interest 
in seeing what the Hawkeyes have done this year. And, you know, if Drink can get a win there and Missouri can find a way to win that game, that that could go a long way yeah. in terms of momentum and recruiting the state of Iowa. So that's another big storyline to watch. I mean, I know Drink and Mizzou want to win this game just for the program to keep the to keep it heading in the right direction after year one. But also I think you got to take into account the recruiting aspect of it. No, I think that's an excellent point too, Sean. And we won't get too much in the X's and O's of the Missouri personnel just because it's such a fresh matchup. We want to be able to provide you the most in-depth and accurate analysis and coverage. But I will say this, something that pops out just looking at the stat sheet, Sean, there's not one defender that averages more than 0.75 tackles for loss a game. I mean, this is a defense, again, that has really struggled over the past several weeks, especially the past three weeks. I mean, with Iowa's offense, I don't want to say surging, but I think Spencer Petras is getting more confident by the week. And they have a, a Big Ten first team all-conference running back in Tyler Goodson. I mean, this is a game where I would not be surprised if Iowa found a way to put up 40 points. I think Petras is really starting to get comfortable. I think that Tyler Goodson's playing the best football of his career. I think Emir, Brandon, those guys are going to want to go in there uh, again with something to, uh, something to prove. So at the end of the day, I think here's my conclusion about this matchup, Sean. Iowa deserved better. This team deserved better, a better way to end the season. But at the same time, I also think you got to be able to sit back and reflect and be thankful that Iowa is in a position to actually be able to end their season, assuming all things go right. And I, I think before you comment on that, I do want to add this. Kirk Ferentz did meet with the media today. He sounded much better, by the way. Like he coughed here and there, but he sounded much better than he did on Wednesday. In case you didn't know, Kirk Ferentz, uh, it was announced on Friday that he ha has contracted COVID-19. But he's expected to be cleared by the 27th. And if that happens, he'll be able to return for the final two practices uh, in Iowa City before the team flies out on late the 29th so they're treating it like a normal road game they're going to fly into nashville the night before and then they're just going to gear up to play missouri on game day which it, it was kind of obvious i think that was going to happen sean but it is the right decision just based on everything usually the bowl week they have the pregame uh like the pregame week activities they have uh they let them go explore the city they have certain activities set up and all that but again with everything going on i think that they're making the responsible decision to even see if the game's going to be able to go on and the final note before I have you respond Sean is we did ask Kirk Ferentz to elaborate if any more players or coaching staff have contracted the virus uh Kirk Ferentz did decline to do that but the players are going to be back on campus tomorrow and they should be getting tested again remember they were allowed to go home this past weekend so interesting timing how all that worked out but I'm, I'm very interested to see the COVID-19 numbers and uh, hopefully this game does go on as scheduled yeah, definitely. That would be a uh, a big blow if it wasn't. But, you know, what's really important is that these guys went to go back. I mean, because this probably was their first time outside of, you know, back in September going home to, like, see parents. And that, that takes a toll on freshmen especially. I know Iowa doesn't have many freshman guys um, that play significant snaps. But, you know, it's a big adjustment for some of these kids. And it takes a toll on them mentally, like, I can. I think I went home maybe two or three times first semester of my freshman year. I don't recall exactly, but it's just not sure. a normal college. Like, because I had the normal college experience too my freshman year. Like these guys, obviously, football is its own its own experience, but 
they never really got to like go out meet a ton of people like the dorms from what i've heard are like pretty dead so they don't really get that camaraderie camaraderie with other students and rather they're just hanging off the team all the time which i mean it's not not a bad thing at all but it's like you want to meet more people too and you know not like it's your first time away from home it's it's definitely difficult so i think I think it'll be very interesting to see what comes about from that. I, I don't want to look into it too much because I feel like the players were smart enough and I feel like there won't be any major issues with that, but we'll see. I think it'll be, I think it'll be something to watch over the next couple of days. I, I don't want to look into it. I don't want to like, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, you talk. don't want to speculate and pretend yes. like we know something and have people freak out over it. Right. Or even just say like, yeah, like I feel like this will happen or like look too much into it. It's just like, they're going to see their family. Like, it's not a big deal. Like it's definitely something that they deserve and have warranted. Cause I mean, it's been, it's just to see what this team has done. And, you know, as Kirk has said, it's, it's a little bit of luck too. Um, definitely that, that like they haven't had any COVID cases or very minimal um, until now. So I think they deserve it. And that's a kudos to the team and, you know, the coaching staff and they deserved it for sure. And I'll say this too, in a couple, I think you said they went back in September. I believe, I don't think they had time off in September. I know that they got, they were allowed to go home August 11th because right when the Big Ten season got canceled, I think Kirk let them go home to kind of. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Just try to regain some of that, I don't want to say sanity, but really calm themselves mentally because the thought of you know playing football, not playing football, just didn't exist uh, much prior to those past couple weeks before the season initially had canceled. But as you mentioned, I, I think that's it's been a very trying time to be an athlete. I know people might roll their eyes when I, you know, when I say that. But the reality is for these athletes, and this goes for football and basketball, men's and women's, I mean, Sean, they're not doing anything. I mean, they are literally going to practice, working out, and locking themselves back in their dorm room or houses. That's their life. They are not going around hanging out. It was really interesting. I listened to an interview that I think it was Bleach Report had with uh, Caitlin Clark, the Iowa women's basketball star. And she told them that she hasn't even been to an in-person class since she arrived on campus over the summer. She's barely been able to meet, if anyone, and all of her classes have been online. All she's doing is hanging out with the team, working out, going to practice and games, and that's it. And that's the reality of what it's like to be a student athlete right now in 2020. So it, uh, as you mentioned, I think it's a very trying time and it, it mentally can be a lot to handle, especially you're away from home, but yeah, you have good friends that you meet on the team and everything like that, but you're not allowed to go out and meet people. I mean, that's gotta be incredibly tough, uh, for, for those, especially those new people. So we'll see what happens. And again, I, I think that, I think again, like you said, Iowa should feel lucky to some extent. I mean, they could have been a lot worse. They could have lost by one touchdown to the best team in the conference and yet get knocked out of a New Year's Six Bowl by a team that lost three games, including a 17-point loss at home to Louisiana. But that's a story for another day. So 
ultimately, I think Iowa should just be happy that they're in a bowl game. And I think that the players, you know, again, much maybe popular, you know, maybe against popular belief, I do think that Iowa players are going to come out fired up and really want to come in with a, with a chip on their shoulder and to really want to end this 2020 season the right way. Definitely. And you got to look at it too, from a uh, outside of the field perspective. I mean, I talked about it with recruiting as well. Like Mizzou is an up and coming team and having a guy like, I don't think, you know, they'd grab a Xavier and Weinfa, but having a, uh, another regional school kind of poking their, poking their toe, poking their fingers in the, uh, in the state of Iowa, I think that could get really interesting and, you know, make it another big factor. Um, in the future and I think this game could be telling of that and Iowa like I've said before bowl games these ones are huge Um, you know it's an SEC opponent I mean I know it's not an ideal time or you know ideal day of the week but it is what it is and you know it's I'm personally excited for I mean I know at first I was kind of like eh like it's Missouri like I was kind of like I don't want to see Missouri or Kentucky just because I know they've had decent years, but I was kind of hoping for like an Auburn, even though Ole Miss has struggled this season. I kind of want to see Iowa play them. I thought that would you be pretty see, cool. You want to see Lane Kiffin? Yeah, I mean, I thought that would be kind of neat. Um, but like Missouri or Kentucky, I was kind of like, ah, like I don't know. But now that I kind of think of it, I've kind of warmed up to the Mizzou idea, and I'm I'm actually pretty excited for this game. I think I'm slowly but surely coming around, Sean, but I'll say this. I'm just excited for the game because we're in a position right now that there's going to be a football game played. Like after everything that happened during the summer, I'm not talking about the Iowa allegations over the summer. I'm talking about strictly from a sports perspective after the shutdown and everything. Like I, I can't imagine how the players are, but like as a fan of the sport and to sports in general, I'm never taking a game for granted again, and I'm just happy that we're in a position right now that there's actually going to be bowl games going on. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. So, yeah, I mean, again, this is just a little bit of an early preview, not really too much to dive into, uh, but we're going to have plenty of coverage once things actually get closer on HawkeyeInsider.com. But, again, this really is not an overly explosive Missouri Missouri offense. I mean, you look at their – uh, you know, quarterback touchdown to interception ratio at seven touchdowns and six picks. They do have a running back who's rushed for a thousand yards, uh, 14 touchdowns, averaging nearly 98 yards a game with a long of 46. But, you know, Iowa's defense, for as good as they've been over the past two plus years and not allowing 25 or more points, I don't think that that streak's in danger. And I'm very interested to see if Missouri's defense can kind of tighten back up after a rough three weeks and be able to slow down this Iowa offense, which, again, I think is starting to gain some major confidence. I think Petrus, in the second half specifically over the past two games, has looked much better. I think Tyler Goodson, is he might repeat as a first-team all-conference back next year because he just has shown that growth and that next step that you've wanted to see. And I think Iowa's receivers are slowly – not saying they never believed in, in Petrus, Sean, but they're slowly but surely – really coming around to and, and trusting him to be able to make those deeper throws more. And I think Brian's play calling, for instance, kind of reflects that as well over the past two weeks. Yeah, I agree. And I didn't mention – I forgot to mention one name earlier when we were talking about, you know, the importance of this game and what it can mean for NFL guys. I mean, Sam Laporta, but a Sean Byer as well. Um, I believe uh, Kennedy – Cedar Rapids Kennedy head coach Brian White 
was tweeted something not too long ago about how he was filling out questionnaires for NFL teams for Bayer. And I think that's another storyline in this game as well. Because, I mean, Bayer right now is looking like a late-round guy. And who knows, with the big game against Missouri, he could be a guy that emerges into, you know, the third, fourth round at this point. Certainly think he's got the uh, the skill set, the athleticism, and the uh, the frame to do so. But that's another thing to keep an eye on. But, yeah, I, I agree with you about the offense, I think. This could be another game to prove itself against the SEC team, Um, you know, because, I mean, like what we saw last year, obviously, or two years ago with Mississippi State's defense, those guys were fast and physical. Like, they had uh, Jeffrey – was it Jeffrey Simmons at defensive end? Yeah, Simmons was there. They had uh, Montrez Sweat. I believe, yeah. and they had Jonathan Abrams were the three main stars, I think. Right. Those guys were physical as heck and gave Iowa a lot of problems to start the game. But then, you know, Iowa started to figure it out a little bit. And even though Missouri has kind of struggled this year defensively at times, I mean, they've had some good good showings. Their linebackers are really good. Um, they are definitely, you know, up there when it comes to overall speed and athleticism because that's, that's the SEC for you. I mean, the Big Ten gets – you know, the pub for being a, uh, for being a like grind them out offense. I mean, I know Ohio state's very explosive and, you know, some of these other teams, Michigan at times and Nebraska as well, if you want to consider them to be one of the more like speedier offenses at times, but like Missouri up and down the lineup, like those guys are athletes and it's just a whole different type of style and a whole different type of speed that I'm, I'm very interested to see how Iowa goes up against it. Um, Missouri's got a couple nice cornerbacks as well. I believe they had a uh, former starting quarterback go over to safety. So, and he had a pretty big game last week against Mississippi State in the loss. But they got a lot of – they got some dudes on the defense. Um, The pass rush run defense isn't necessarily great when it comes to tackles for a loss and sacks. But they got guys that can cover a lot of ground on the field. And I'm very, very intrigued to see what Iowa can do against that. Yeah, no, I am too. And I think you bring up a good point about this different style, Sean. I mean, that's what makes the matchup so exciting, no matter how right. quote unquote bad an SEC team is or how good a you know a, a Big Ten team is. I mean, this is just what uh what what the style is, and I think it's I'm very interested to see what happens. But I think what what do you think, Sean? Should we refrain from our way too early predictions or should we give them and then just uh maybe have a right to change them later? Yeah, I say we just um, – I say we wait. I say we hold off because, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with opt-outs for both sides. I mean, who knows? Maybe there won't Maybe there won't be any more, but I think we should probably hold off for a bit. Yeah, fair enough. I think I'm on board with that too. Do you, uh, do you have anything else to add, Sean? I think we covered at least a decent amount of ground just for the sort of instant reaction about what's, uh, what's going on. But I'll say this, Sean, like you, I'm slowly but surely coming around to this matchup. I think it could have been a lot worse. And I think, again, you look at some of the teams that made bowl games. I, I'm not saying this game will be super interesting, but it's at least one more time you'll be able to watch this Iowa, Iowa team on the football field. Yeah, and I'm excited about it. I've kind of talked myself into some of the off-the-field storylines that come into play with it. So I think that'll be I – think, I think people will come around to it as well and people will be more, you know, perked up about it. It's kind of crazy to think that's only uh, – what 10 days away now only 10 days away so that that, you know it's just kind of crazy to think that bowl game is just that quickly around the corner but uh yeah hawkeyeinsider.com 
Be sure to follow us on Twitter at SBOC247, at David I. Cole, at Hawkeyes on 24-7. We will be previewing everything, Iowa, Missouri, keeping up with Iowa recruiting, keeping up with Iowa basketball, the most in-depth news, scoop, and analysis on the market and available in the world for your Iowa Hawkeyes. Again, HawkeyeInsider.com, and uh, we'll talk to you in a few days. Thanks for listening. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.